1: The
0: only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history.
2: I can hear you! And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of
0: us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer San Diego.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great to be together, as usual, and I appreciate very much you paying attention uh, at this time. There's a lot happening, a ton happening, and uh, we're going to get to uh, something very important in a moment. Hey, but let me point you one more time. We're getting towards the end of the time period where it works, uh, but in a few days, we'll be gathering in St. Louis, and if you have any friends or family that are in St. Louis, or if you happen to want to get to St. Louis for a reason, you can come. Eagle Council starts at 4 o'clock on Friday September 15th, just a couple days from now in St. Louis at the airport Marriott, easy to get to from the airport. We've got the players so you can go to places where there'll be a cattle call and there'll be lots of new people, which I actually like. I like when you go to a a, a especially a conservative event and there'll be a, a thousand young people. For example, you go to Turning Point USA or some of these events. It's exciting right? to see new people is really special. Uh, but this is a different meeting. Uh Phyllis Schlaf, what we call it a leadership conference, and it's for people that are already in the game, that want to up their game, that want to get connected. And um for example, Tiffany Justice, who is the grassroots uh school board member. She was a school board member in Florida who started Moms for Liberty and it's exploded into a movement across the uh country. And you meet her, and she's very, very talented. I mean, she's very impressive in person. Uh, but you also get a sense that she's um kind of Not stumbled into this, but she just saw that this was needed, meaning an organization that united the concerns of moms and others, and she just did it. She's not a professional uh, consultant or a politician or anything else, and when you can connect with her – you're connecting live into uh, into something that's high energy. And there's lots of examples of that. In fact, we've got somebody coming in from Europe, from Poland, uh, to come in to talk to us on Saturday. And he is a, a hotshot top lawyer in Poland. Anyway, So if you get a chance, EagleCouncil.com, go check it out, and uh, you'd be very welcome to join us. And in fact, if you're going to come uh, for any part of it, e- email me, at at Phyllis We've got a couple of complimentary tickets available that uh, one of our great donors gave us a, a contribution to cover. So you could be a part of that. uh, And uh, we would be, it'd be great. So there you have it. Now, of course, one of the things that we talk about when we're together at a meeting like this is what's important. You know, how do you set the priorities? And the late Phyllis Schlafly, my boss, used to say, if you set the terms of the argument, you're on your way to winning the argument. If you let your opponent set the terms, you you know, you're going to be on the defensive. You may still win, but you got to work differently and and work sometimes harder. So we're going to talk about the key issues. And uh, if you go over to ProAmericaReport.com, the website that tracks this um, effort, this program and this podcast, you can sign up for what's called the wink, the daily email, WYNK, what you need to know, what you need to know, what you need to know is a wink goes in your inbox Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. East Coast, 5 a.m. Pacific, and you get an update on some key links, some key points, what people may not be talking about because they're talking about what the media tells them or tech tells them or the parties tell them. And what you need to know, the wink is what you get in that email, and you get it right here. And we open the program with that. So today's wink, what you need to know is... An observation I made months ago, I've made it a couple times, but I'm coming back to it because if you look closely and I like to do this, I like to look across the uh, world um, and I, I often look towards Europe because there's a lot of action in Europe. There's there's a lot of places in Europe where the um, the uh, what I call the the pro nation. And I call this pro America. You know what is it about pro America? Well, for America, shared values, shared a set of laws, uh, and then pro family and pro life, and all these. Well, in Europe, there's pro uh, sort of nation, pro uh, kind of uh, Poland, pro Hungary, uh, pro national eff- efforts, issues, movements, and you watch it and you see. I see a lot of the tensions that we see and feel in this country. Also, the EU is so dominant over lots of smaller states, smaller nations that it's uh, interesting to see. So. One of the things I noticed was the growing tension between the EU states, nations, and uh, their handling of the communist Chinese regime. Because, for example, a couple years ago when I was visiting Italy, front page of the newspaper was, hey, we just signed a deal with the communist Chinese regime, the Italian government did, to get lots of funding as part of that uh, belt and road initiative that the Chinese communists are doing where they pour money across the world in order to start to uh, indenture the servitude of nations. Well, in the last six months, the prime minister of Italy has pulled back from that. And so you're seeing these tensions over China and what I really what you need to know today is this next story is so central to what is happening in the world and in America. Oh, Let me pause. There was a story that broke in the last uh, couple of days in Europe, uh, and I meant to tie it to the Belt and Road Initiative. The Belt and Road Initiative is really uh, economic warfare. The Chinese communists admit that their goal is uh, warfare uh, uh, against the world. They don't always have to pull their guns out and, and roll the tanks. They can do it by economics. And, and the Belt and Road Initiative is an example. Another is when the communist Chinese regime subsidizes industries And tries to therefore take them over in a nation in America, aluminum and steel had a huge problem because the Chinese communists were funding, underwriting their aluminum and steel industry and dumping it into America. And and American steel makers and American aluminum makers were saying to each other and to their elected officials, you got to stop this. The Chinese are cheating. The communist Chinese are cheating and it's, it's affecting our business, our jobs, our future. Trump was the one that slapped tariffs on them. It's still ongoing in, in Europe right now. The French are having massive investment in electric uh, vehicles and the electric vehicle industry is exploding. Well, guess what? The communist Chinese regime has developed their own electric cars, electric vehicle cars. And, uh, and so they're dumping into Europe. And so Europe is saying, wait a second. This looks like economic warfare. You know, you're, you're under your communist regime is underwriting the industry. We're not getting to compete. We're getting cheated by the, the communist regime. So economic warfare is everywhere. So, but here's here's what you need to know. The communist Chinese are, are communist. They, they are truly for world domination. They're not for doing a really good job for our people or anything, world domination, just like the Soviet communists were for world domination. Once the Soviets became Russian and and lost their communist influence, they may still have oligarchs. They may still be corrupt. They may still not do the rule of law like we do. They don't quite have the edge of the communist regime that was for world domination and was, you know, atheist and anti-God and everything else. But the Chinese communists do. They're not hiding it. And the Chinese communists are, are going to be at least as effective as the Soviet communists were. What do I mean by that? Well, we now know from declassifying all the documents that America was completely infiltrated, and maybe overstating that, it was thoroughly, that's the word, thoroughly infiltrated by the Soviet communists. They bribed Americans to become agents. They planted agents among us. They grew agents throughout our uh, uh, industries and especially in universities. We know this. The Soviets declassified lots of the documents that show that it wasn't a uh, dream. It wasn't McCarthyism that somehow you, you, oh, you're seeing a communist behind every tree. Every shadow is a, a ghost of communism. No, somewhere between what people might say is, you know, uh, total fear and no fear was reality. And the reality is that the Soviet communists did focus on America. They bribed officials, et cetera, et cetera. So now we turn and we say, okay, well, the communist Chinese are going to be at least as good as the Soviets communists, right? They're going to be at least as good and they're going to have learned from them, especially infiltrating the West. So you look up and you say, huh, the communist Chinese control TikTok and it's causing lots of problems in the American communities, so especially among the young. That's weird, right? That's just crazy. The communist Chinese are buying up real estate and companies all the time. That's a problem, isn't it? That makes you nervous, doesn't it? But here's where you you have to expect that the next story is not one off. It's not one time only. And that is a scandal in London right now because two senior officials in the British government have been arrested for spying for the Chinese communists. And these are two prominent bureaucrats, right? They're not elected officials, but bureaucrats. Remember, Feinstein, Senator Feinstein had, a, had a, a Russian spy, was her driver for a couple of years. I think it was a couple of years. And Eric Swalwell, when he was an up and coming politician, had a, an affair with at least it was described publicly. I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, but he had he had a, certainly relationship with a woman who was a Russian, excuse me, a Chinese communist spy. So the story that's out in London is two very senior uh, uh, bureaucrats in their 20s and 30s age wise. But that's perfect. That's perfect. That's a perfect example. Because you know who can work twenty hours a day on all the issues that matter? A twenty-seven year old. It's harder for a forty-eight year old because he's he or she's got a kid's and the home and travel and all. And same thing with his other but my point here is we're we're getting more information, but what we know and what we have to understand is that it's not just the funding of major uh, initiatives on college campuses. We've seen coverage of that, right? There's the Chinese communists have funded these centers on campuses, which are, you know, are, are obviously propaganda units. It's not just the purchase of TikTok, which is so obvious. It's it's scalling. No, they're going to use all the means, and they're going to steal by spying everything that they can. They already do it in business. You mentioned economic warfare. If you go to do business in China, you discover that they will steal your tech or they'll make you transfer it in deals. And a lot of businesses will take that to make the short term money. So watch this coming uh set of issues in the world as the British deal with communist Chinese spies and say to yourself, don't there have to be spies in America more? We've had a couple in the last few years. Don't there have to be more? There have to. Don't we have to get to the bottom of it? We should. If anybody's serious, we will. But even in, uh, in England right now, you're watching some of the politicians, even the, the good ones, so-called conservative, stepping back a little bit from being too aggressive because they don't want to offend the Chinese. Well, communist Chinese, you can't uh, do anything. If you exist, you offend them. So you better get over it and figure out how to stop them. So there you go. That's uh, that's the wing today. What you need to know. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up there. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. I'm uh, excited and interested to talk to our next guest. Chris Skates is an author, and he's written a book called Moonshine Over Georgia, a novel based on actual facts. I like that title, actually, because a lot of novels are based on actual facts. So we'll get into that in a moment. And he himself has a fairly extraordinary um uh, history. He was a chemist, um, so he, as I often tell my listeners, uh, Mr. Skates, that if you're an engineer or trained in science, cha- trained in science, you tend to be sort of able to understand things a little bit better than sometimes artists or English majors like me uh, get it. So, uh, and he, but he left behind that career. He was a speechwriter and a senior advisor to Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin. I always liked uh, Governor Bevin, uh impressive guy. And then he went to work for the Trump administration. But all of that sounds like an interesting career. The real punchline is. He got very, very sick. And um, he is basically a medical miracle is how it's described in his book. And uh, so, first of all, welcome, Mr. Skates. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you for having me on. Well, it's great to have you first. um, You mentioned off the air and I want to go right to it that you my old boss, Phyllis Schlafly, that you met her a few times. I thought it was nice to hear that. Why don't you uh, tell us where you met her? Oh, I think you said you might have met her one of the conservative events.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I went to a couple of different CPAC events early, uh-huh. even before I got into the political career, uh-huh. and uh, was honored to meet her. And it was just one of those little impromptu things where we were, a couple of us were all out in the lobby and she was there and, and very gracious, just a, a lion, really, of the conservative movement. And I've been very fortunate in my life to have uh, the former vice president of the Heritage Foundation, Becky Norton Dunlop, and her yeah. husband, George. Uh, yep. uh, they came alongside me we became friends at that same CPAC. I think it was 2010. Hmm. And, uh, wow. they've been, they've been along with me for the ride the whole way. And it been mentors to me and they've read all my books. And, uh, so they knew Phyllis really well too. So that, I just wanted to mention those three.
2: Yeah, of course. Yep. They, she certainly, she was, a, 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 and I, I got to meet, uh, uh, Becky and her husband too. So, all right. So now, um, you're, you, first be not to bury the lead. You, you're now a walking miracle. You, you, you recovered. You're back in Kentucky, but you're living pretty well. I mean, tell us what the cancer was. Tell us how it happened. I, it's, it does sound like a, cine, a cinematic thing. You're working for the Trump administration. You're going home on the metro and you collapse. And all of a sudden it's this worst cancer that, Uh, uh, you could ever imagine the 98% fatality rate I mean it's unbelievable
1: yeah yeah, you summarized it very well Um, I was working for the Trump administration I was an energy advisor and uh, I had just gotten to participate in writing a speech on energy with the Trump uh, speech writing team who were all excellent by the way and um, I was invited to breakfast at the White House the following Wednesday I was on cloud nine I was like, okay, God, this is the pinnacle of my career. This is what you put me on earth for. (laughs) Well, the Friday before that breakfast, as you said, I was coming up the metro steps and I passed out black cold. I'd never done that in my life and uh, ended up having to find a doctor. Uh, Then he sent me to a hospital. They tested my blood, acute lymphoblastic leukemia, and it had really wrecked my blood chemistry. Um, When they first told me, I was like, okay, no problem. I'll beat it. I said, what do I got to do like chemo or something? And the doctor said, yeah, or something. I said, well, listen, I got a breakfast at the White House day after tomorrow. I'm going to go do that. (laughs) And then I'll come back and you can tell me whatever pill I got to take or whatever. And the doctor physically grabbed me by the shoulders and kind of shook me. He said, Mr. Skates, you're not hearing what I'm saying. He said, there will be no breakfast at the White House. Wow. Your red blood cells have almost been completely destroyed. He said, there's no medical explanation for you to be alive right now. He said, we're not starting chemo after your breakfast. We're starting chemo today. Wow. And that's when it hit me that, wow, this is really serious. And so, yeah, I had massive amounts of chemo. I had radiation. I had a bone marrow transplant, which was done at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, the probably the best place in the world to do it. And mm-hmm. get this, the only doctor in the world who's ever cured my type of leukemia worked at Johns Hopkins and had a satellite office in Washington, D.C., where I was living. If I'd wow. been in any other city in America... I would not have made it, and he has only cured it twice. I'm his second time.
2: Now, uh so you you refer to this as a miracle. Um, your son was a match. I, I don't know what a haploid identical match. It was in my notes from your stuff, but it means he was a match, I guess, as a donor, uh, bone marrow yeah. donor is. That, maybe that's the word for bone marrow. So, is that the is the miracle the match part? Is the miracle how far gone you were? Is the miracle what what is the miracle here? I mean, all of it's a miracle. Uh, God's gift is yeah. Uh,
1: you you, know, you, you just so nailed I'm, it. Mm-hmm. Wow. they're the end so so let's just walk through it i'm in dc the one place where there's a doctor who's cured my type of cancer my red blood cells are almost wiped out they thought i was going to die every day they, they couldn't believe i was still making it that's a miracle then my son being a haploid identical match which is the best bone marrow match you can get sometimes they have to take a risk and and they can't find a match that close and they go ahead and do the transplant and a lot of people die from the transplant. Even if you do have a haploid identical match, but right. my son was that he came up and sacrificed his bone marrow for me. And then just getting through the bone marrow uh, transplant as well as I did and getting back on my feet. I go back to work in D.C. Here was a big surprise for me. You get out of the hospital. You've been through all this medically. And all of a sudden, bingo, you're in the Biden administration. You're no longer a Trump guy. Um, <laughs> wow. They, the dirty rascals held an election while I was semi-conscious. <icut> ي- Wow. So, so then that was a whole. That's a whole other story because I was ideologically, we just didn't agree on anything. Yeah, not on yeah. one thing.
2: All right, now listen. Before I, I, I because you're an author, Chris Gates is our guest, and he's I'll put up on social media his Twitter feed and other things, uh, uh and 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 uh, and lots of things. But you're an author at Chris Skates. eighty one is uh his Twitter. But but uh, you're an author. I don't want to miss this. I don't want to bury this because we only got a couple minutes. Moonshine over Georgia, a novel based on actual facts. Um, it's not even just a novel. I mean, on I thought maybe when I first started into it, it was about going to be one of these things like you know you're in Washington D.C. and all this stuff. Well, it's um, it, it's the uh walk me how'd you come to to get to this uh
1: topic and and you know where did this come from so, so the protagonist is my grandfather the most important man in my life was my maternal grandfather c.e miller he was a revenuer revenuers were the guys that went after moonshine sales in the 30s and 40s when he started he was going after moonshine because it was a prohibition violation but then right. prohibition ended and all through the 40s it was a tax violation and the money, the profitability of moonshine actually went up exponentially throughout the 40s. It was a multi, multi-million dollar business. So he was he was an outstanding outdoorsman, an outstanding tracker, a hell of a shot. And he was able he was really good at going deep into the woods and finding these moonshine cells. I was able to interview a moonshiner that he arrested in 1946. And as he told me, he said, Your grandfather was the only man I ever knew that was fearless and hmm. relentless. He said, we were all we were deep, deep back in the woods. Uh, We all had guns and we would have shot your grandfather as soon as looked at him. But he pretty well single handedly shut down the liquor business in the western part of Georgia. And what motivated him, my grandfather's why was he saw what alcoholism was doing to his community, particularly Mm -hmm. to the poverty stricken children. So if your dad is an alcoholic and you were in poverty in 1940s Georgia, you were you had almost no chance. So he wanted to get rid of the moonshine so he could protect the kids and that's that's spelled out in my author's note um it, that was very much drove him he his life was at risk every day of his job he had people come to his house and try to assassinate him on more than one occasion that's in the book also but the central plot of this book is a true murder investigation that my grandfather participated in the murder of wilson turner by john wallace that is legend in the South. To this day, it is the biggest murder investigation in Georgia history based on the number of law enforcement officers that were involved. And my grandfather was absolutely key in solving the murder.
2: Uh, Moonshine Over Georgia is, uh, the book Chris Gates. Uh, he's the author of three more books. I was, wanted to mention because I noticed there are award-winning books, um, and, uh, coming out of your faith, uh, especially. And one is called The Rain, one is called The Tower, and the other is called Going Green for a Summit it Has Nothing to Do with the Environment, a novel, which is even more fun. Um, so uh, the back to Moonshine Over Georgia. Did you know your grandfather? You, you said he was your, yes. so you grew up and he lived into your life enough that you knew him well enough?
1: Yes. I, I lived with him. During the summers and Christmas break, any hmm. chance could get to be with him. We were usually a, we were bouncing around all over the state. My dad was constantly moving us, but he was always within two or three hour drive. And every chance I got weekends, a long weekend, anything I was by his side. I've never had another relationship as close as that one was because we we all loved everything he loved. Uh, hmm. I hung on his every word, and yeah. we'd be out hunting. He taught me how to hunt and fish, and hmm. we'd be out hunting, and he'd say, "Hey, you see this creek?" And I'd, I'd say, "Yeah, say, I found a still right around this bend in 1938." And he would have these just <laughs> incredible stories. and He told me a lot about being a revenuer and then I was able to find a lot in the historical archives. I found things about him in old newspapers. The more I researched it, he was very modest, but the more I researched, it, I, I, I came to find out my grandfather was a genuine American badass back in yeah.
2: the day. <laughs> well, it sounds like, and I hate to do this to you because an author you don't want guys like me but i'm out of time but it sounds like there's a couple more uh, books that uh could come out of uh his uh, life uh, chris skates has been our guest i'm sorry i have to run chris thank you and again his book is called moonshine over georgia a novel based on actual facts and uh i'll put it up on social media we gotta take a break everybody we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. And, uh, this is a great topic. I have one of, I had this guest booked, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, because you remember the story. We talked about it that there is a, um, there was the FBI got, uh, a search warrant and in the midst of the search warrant, they got, an access code, the access code to a gun safe from the safe manufacturer. And I think a lot of people were surprised at this. I wasn't surprised. Uh, I, I think that um, the FBI is able to get a lot of things out of a lot of, uh, of people. But uh, Andy Ross is our next guest, and he is a man who knows uh, very well. He's the founder and the CEO of American Rebel, Then uh, that's a manufacturer of gun safes as well as other concealed carry apparel. I suspect he's busy because New Mexico has also made everybody uh, <laughs> excited on the concealed carry apparel carry and open carry apparel, I suppose. Uh, But Andy Ross is also a former TV uh, show host. He uh, had for 10 years maximum archery. So you can tell this guy's a uh, uh, CEO of a company, but also a a, uh, outdoorsy guy. So welcome, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. First, the threshold question, uh, Andy Ross, Um, you run, you have a gun, you make a gun safes. Is there always a master code somewhere That somebody could put their hands on. Let me say, let me say it this way. uh, And this is actually happening to me. We got a safe from, from 1985 when they renovated a, a resort and it's in my house. And I always used it as my gun safe, handgun safe. It's a small safe. And uh, it recently I went to open it and the battery's dead. I don't want to change the battery and I took off the front facing that has the, the punch pad and the battery's inside the safe so that's a first of all design flaw in my mind but but i i, I that's just me telling a story it, it, does every safe have a a uh pass you know a, a master code that, to it so what i can speak to are the safe
3: companies i know which are the big safe companies i can't speak to every single safe out there okay. but we all manufacture safes And we all use typically one of three different lock companies. When we get the locks in, and uh, what's very popular now are the electronic locks, of course. That's about 95% of our sales versus the old tumbler. Um, We do have a backdoor code supplied to us by that lock manufacturer. And that code, we have over 500 calls a year of people who've lost their combination, forgot it. They've reset their combination and made a mistake and don't remember what they, you know, they put a number, must have put a number in wrong. And they would like for us to be able to help them get into their safe without being, without destroying their safe. Right. So we do a double uh, verification process to make sure that we are dealing with the safe, uh, the registered safe owner. Um, and then we can help them get into their safe. However, uh, at American Rebel and Champion Safe, um, we have a box that you can check. Uh, on your registration to opt out of this feature and we'll go in and immediately del- uh, delete that back code. The fact that we have the back code, um, you know, again, they can opt out of it, but then it's, it's to be trusted, you know, with the back code. Um, when someone buys a safe from us that we manufacture, we know they're buying a safe and they're buying it for security and protection. Um, if I was a lot, if I was a, uh, uh Lawn furniture manufacturer, I'm sure my customers would expect my lawn furniture not to rust. Um, When they buy a safe from us, they're buying it for privacy, and they would expect us to protect that privacy. That's why we only deal with the registered safe owner um, with those codes. But yes, uh, to my knowledge, every safe manufacturer uh, that I'm aware of does have a backdoor code.
2: So it, what happens if you, what happens, what do you do if the FBI calls and says, here's a search warrant? And let's say, let's say they make it a bad situation, a, a situation that would be sort of, uh, you know, easy to understand. Let's say they call and they say, um, we need this safe, uh, code because, uh, we've got a, um, uh, you know, a sex trafficker that's in the news all the time right yeah. now. And, and, and the sex trafficker has in his safe, the files on who they've been uh, trafficking and we got to get them back. And so it's not guns related. It's just, even though it's a, maybe it's a gun safe, but it's, so what do you do? I mean, I mean, there's a point where somebody can make you, if you've got something you can be made to do it. No. Or is there a a way you can because of, well, go ahead. What do you think? So, yeah, a couple, couple points to that. So
3: what, you know, if you follow a page out of the tech companies that have been, Um, you know, they've been given subpoenas for, for codes to cell phones, passcodes to cell phones or, or copies of transactions. And, um, you know, you, you fight it to the full extent of the law that you can. Now, if you're in a situation where it's a sex trafficker and you know, it's a sex trafficker, um, you're in a tough spot, right? You're in a tough spot, but you're not, you're not doing this. You're not, you're not fighting this to protect the individual. You're fighting it to protect privacy you're you're fighting it to protect privacy. You could say the same thing, you could say, well, what if you know this known criminal, this known murderer, this known bad guy, do you really think he should be allowed to have a firearm? Well, I'm not I'm I'm, I'm if if people are defending the second amendment, uh, obviously we have gun laws in place where this individual could not get a firearm. But you're defending the second amendment, not the individual in circumstances and certain uh Situations. We're defending privacy, and, and that's what we have to do is defend privacy. The other thing that is comforting um, in that situation, you know, any FBI uh, professional with professional tools can get in that safe. Right. I and mean, we can go down to the bank with the right tools and the right person and get in the bank vault. Right, right. So they don't need uh, – if they've got that kind of great intel – and uh, they're a thousand percent without re without question that this is a person who's safe. They need to get into, you know, they can be in it by dark. So um, it's not up to us to give them the access. They can they they can get in the safe.
2: Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. Why? I guess just easier. They, they don't want to have to to um, sort of either, you know, break, uh, break, um, uh, you know, I guess use the tools they have, which include, I'm sure um, you can get, get through uh, uh, most uh, um, whatever the reinforcement would be. They, but they just don't want to. It's, it's easier. Right. I mean, is that why the FBI calls I, I, and says, you know, if you have
3: if you have the code, it's easier than getting through, you know, 12 gauge steel. Um, it's easier than getting hold of a, of a high quality locksmith. Uh, it's easier. Uh, I would, I would, you know, make that assumption. Um, but the bottom line is, they they could get in that safe, um, and, and uh, you know, n- numerous ways with the proper tools and the proper proper people. So, um, I would I would sleep better at night knowing they are, you know, if it's a if it's a if it's a sex trafficker and they need those records, and and I've got to protect privacy. I have to protect privacy, but they're going to get in it.
2: It's um uh, again we're we're talking with Andy Ross uh, whose experience uh, in this is as a uh, gun manufacturer and, and uh, America Re- American Rebel is uh, his company and you can check out AmericanRebel.com. dot com. Um, so uh, when you uh when you read that story or saw that coverage, did you? Uh, uh, did you think somebody did something wrong or did you think somebody um didn't know what to do, didn't know the answer? I mean, I, you know, I have a, I, there's a joke on um not a joke. There's uh, Mike Cernovich. Every time he thinks on Twitter, he hears somebody else that talks to the FBI. He says, how dumb are you? You just if you, if the FBI comes and says, I want to talk to you, you say, I, I'm going to get a lawyer. I'll talk to you later. You don't talk to the FBI. Did somebody in this case, because it got a lot of negative attention. People felt like, oh, geez, somebody calls in the FBI, uh, get your code. Did somebody do something wrong in this in your read of things? Um, in, 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 my
3: opinion, first off, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to, uh,
2: um, Help not. am criticize. I thankful that our phone, am I <laughs> yeah. thankful
3: that our phone's ringing off the wall because, uh, uh, a lot of dealers and a lot of people are calling us. Of course I'm in business and, and, uh, we're, right, right. we're, we're running America's patriotic brand and, and, you know, we're, <laughs> right. we're loving the insert the, uh, the upswing in business. Uh, but I'm also here to defend the safe industry as a whole too. I, you know, I I think I think um, if this wasn't if this hadn't been attached to a to a January sixth incident, it probably wouldn't be in the press the way yeah. it is. Yeah, if it yeah. was a you know some crack dealer down in Humboldt, Kansas in a double wide, we probably wouldn't be hearing anything about this. Right. Um, should should they have should they have uh, taken a page out of the uh, of of some of the tech companies and you know actually def- tried to defend privacy and defend the warrant? or you know take it to the fullest extent of the law uh, i i think my personal opinion is is that you have to you have to protect privacy first and foremost if you're going to be in the privacy business right and right, if you're manufacturing right. safes you're in the privacy business
2: yeah that's well said i think that's actually the the, the phrase there the privacy business i mean that's a way to characterize it. i think that americans get that and uh it's not sort of just about protecting somebody's interest it's you, you're in the privacy business therefore you, you're that's got to be your preference andy ross thank you for coming on again uh, we will put up on social media he's american uh, he's american rebels leading manufacturer gun safes and other apparel around uh uh concealed carry and others thanks andy appreciate it Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Yep. Andy Ross, everybody. We will take a break and come back. I'll put all that up on social media. Uh, So, well explained. Very helpful. We'll be right back. Ed Martin on the Pro America Report. Thank you.
0: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
2: The U.S. Supreme Court dropped the ball by declaring that they would not force President Biden to stop the illegal immigration that is overwhelming our states, our institutions and our communities. With only Justice Alito dissenting, the Supreme Court ruled that the federal courts are powerless to order President Biden and his minions to obey the laws that require him to refuse entry, detain and even deport illegal migrants. But just two days later, the people of Greece delivered the opposite verdict as they handed a landslide victory to the Trump like candidate who has cracked down against illegal immigration there. His victory was by the largest margin in Greece in a half century and three new political parties even more conservative than his did well enough to win seats in its parliament. Kyriakos Mitsotakis won by promising to extend a border fence to a region where many migrants are currently sneaking into Greece. A week earlier, voters in the traditionally liberal Finland elected what was described as the most right-wing government ever, taking a hard line on immigration. The previously immigrant welcoming countries of Denmark and Sweden have also shifted sharply to the right on this issue in recent years. Denmark's current policies include imprisonment of illegal aliens with solitary confinement and seizure of assets in order to deter the migrants from entering that small country illegally. The people of Europe are getting a taste of illegal immigration unlike what they've seen in the past, and they're spitting out this bitter pill in droves. The crime, drugs, and cultural breakdown that excessive immigration brings is causing great harm to the cultural centers of Europe, and the same is happening on our own shores. The only question is whether or not the American people, like those in Europe, will wake up to this threat before the damage becomes irreversible. The worldwide populist uprising against open borders is a harbinger of our own presidential election next year. On this issue... President Joe Biden is hopelessly out of touch with the American people.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, President of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. American citizenship should never be taken lightly. That's why you need to go to phyllisschlafly.com and be part of the dialogue on the need for border security and an accurate census, the travesty of sanctuary cities, and voting rights for illegals. Voice your opinion at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
2: Welcome back, welcome back, Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. You know, sometimes people ask me what Pro America means, and I say it means for stuff. It means you're for stuff that are American, and in very specifically. You're for the American ideals, the values, the founding, what's happened? Well, one of the most important, perhaps the crown jewels, the crown jewels of the America, the pro-America movement, my thoughts on it, and, the, and at the heart of America. What I'd say when you say you're pro-America, you're for America, what are you for? Well, the crown jewels are the Constitution, and coming up uh, on the 17th of September, it's the anniversary. That's Constitution Day. That's the that's the date, the day, the date. I always do that to myself. The day is Monday or Tuesday. The date that the, uh, the um, Constitution was signed, okay, was signed. And it's uh, an extraordinary date to celebrate. Um, it's an extraordinary date uh, to remember. But it's extraordinary because of what was signed. And it's the 236th year anniversary of the Constitution on September 17th, 2023. And as we watch our um, nation struggle with some of these major questions, you know, what is free speech? How does it fit together? What is due process? You know, how do you get a fair trial and a fair hearing and and an unbiased uh, uh, tribunal? What are these? What are these things that are at the center of the American experience? We ought to be celebrating and studying. We ought to be turning back to the crown jewels and understanding how aspects of the Constitution were a political um, compromise. They had to come to an agreement. But one of the fascinating histories I loved to I loved to read about a few years ago was a um, one of the Constitutional Convention um, members. I was a guy named David Brearley and he was on the committee. I think it was the committee for unfinished business. Every time something got too hard to figure out, they put it over in his committee. And at the very end of the constitutional convention, they had to fight their way through a bunch of issues, including what became the system. Uh, that is the electoral college and you list, look at it closely to see how it came about. It there were, they borrowed from different places, but my point here is that constitution. If you believe that the last 236 years since the Constitution was signed and maybe the last, you know, 250 or 60 or 70 have been a march towards something better, have been, and you know, periodically somebody's not a good guy or gal. So we have some bad rules we have to change. But fundamentally, the Constitution, the rule of law and the founding values that underlie each of those, all of that. The Judeo-Christian values, and it's really Christian values. You could say Judeo-Christian. I d- recently was reading the, the, uh, uh, Lewis, is it Lou Wallace? Wallace is the last name, uh, Ben Hur, the, the, the famous, famous, very popular book that was uh, made into a movie in the last 120 years or so. I guess the movie was about 75 or 80 years ago. And when you, li- Ben Hur is a book, a novel about Christ. And, but it's about a Jew, Ben Hur, who becomes uh, a follower of Christ. When you track through this extraordinary novel, and it's really a, a, a pedagogical tool. It's about uh, the conversion. It's about the Jewish faith related to the Christian faith. It's extraordinary. It's really entertaining. I can't believe it. I, in fact, I have to p- admit, I don't think I ever read the whole book until just recently. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I did. I, I saw the movie and all that. I don't remember sitting through the book because the a long book. Anyway, but here's the thing. At the heart of it are these values that you see coming forward into America, Christian values that come all the way forward in America and have transformed us and get us from, if you went from the Old Testament God to the New Testament God of turn the other cheek and the new covenant, when you come all the way forward to America, you get to a new uh, political covenant, we the people. The notion of sovereignty coming out of we, the people coming out of each individual image and likeness of God, and then granted to the state through the through the government, uh, through our governing bodies, through the state. It's extraordinary. Back to my point. We ought to be studying and celebrating the Constitution on the. um Bicentennial of the Constitution in the 18, in the 1980s, there was an extraordinary group that came together to celebrate and educate about the uh, Constitution. That's where, uh, Phyllis Schlafly served on that commission. Actually, I think, um, uh, Mrs. Cheney, um, uh, Dick Cheney's wife, I'm embarrassed to admit that I can't remember her name, her first name right now was on there. Uh, Chief Justice, uh, Berger left the Supreme Court to head up this commission. That's how extraordinary the commission was. That's how important it was in the life of America was spending the time and educating, educating about the constitution. We've got to do that again. And we've got to go back to the founding values. We've got to go back to the uh, focus. And here's, here's one trick. It's a trick of teaching. Use the current affairs, current events to drive the, the the uh, look towards something meaningful. In other words, if there's a debate about due process and all these, you know, lawfare, well, that's good, and we ought to be talking about that. But not just because lawfare is wrong when the law is used against people in a, in ways that aren't uh, important. No, it's it's important and good because it can drive us to a conversation about what is the Constitution, how does the rule of law impact things like due process, how do we understand those things as they knit together? What's at the heart of it? That's a value. And so my encouragement to coming up on September 17th, 2023, the 236th anniversary of the Constitution is read it, read it, but also get studying. And to educators, you know, at Eagle Council, I mentioned that earlier on the program, EagleCouncil.com, John Eidsmo is going to be there. He's a pastor. He's an attorney. he's a, he served in the military as a chaplain. Extraordinary wisdom, kind of a theologian. And he's going to talk about the roots of our Constitution, uh, as he always does, in this notion. Uh, be very valuable. So that's um, where we are. I hope you'll celebrate the Constitution on Constitution Day, September 17th. And uh, important to do. All right. Thank you, as always, to the great uh, Ryan Haidt and Mason Mohan for helping produce this program. And thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow with Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you